Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. What's up, everybody? Thanks for joining us today. My name is Kent Swanson. This is the AP Laboratory. A very happy Friday to all of you. I appreciate y'all taking a little bit of time to listen to us talk about the ideal, perfect, best-case scenario for your Kansas City Chiefs in the 2021 NFL Draft, which is less than a week away. That's what we're doing today, and here to help me do it are my dear pals. First, find them on Twitter, at Chief in Carolina, Maddie Lane. What's up? Hey, I'm doing good. I'm ready for us to go ahead and uh, try a little bit of a different kind of podcast for you guys today. We don't have a rundown. Kent did not spend 45 minutes pre-show agonizing over a script. We are shooting from the hip and we are going to give you guys the best case scenario Chiefs mock doing it this new way. Do you want to know why we're going to do that? Because we have the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs, the Renaissance man, Craig Stout, here with us. Yeah, uh, what what you guys don't know about this show is that we script down to the word every single thing that is said on this show, including all the times that Maddie pretends like he doesn't know what the question is. We've we've written all that out and combed it through. By this time next week you will have talked yourself into the Chiefs either picking at 31, a player that you may or may not like, trading up for a player that you may or may not like, or trading out of the first round and gaining more picks. So one of those situations, you've already talked yourself into it a week from now. So happy Friday, and you can look forward to that next week. Kent makes witty comment about Breland Speaks. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. I wasn't supposed to read that. My fault. Oh. Apologies. Sorry. I'm just, I, I just go, I'm, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm nothing without the teleprompter. Um, okay. So just, we're going to try to be a little bit more free, freestyle today. We're just going to have a conversation. Cause the funny thing is a lot of the times on our show, the best stuff actually happens before we press record. So this is almost like we're just pressing record a little bit early. We're going to have a little bit of a conversation here. Uh, Matt, I want to know, just give me give me the positional run. Let's just let's start here. Give me the positional run you think needs to happen or that will be very beneficial to the Chiefs in the first round. I think it has to be wide receiver, and I know that's a position the Chiefs could use, but I think it will be the best case scenario for the Chiefs if you get six, seven wide receivers off the board before they pick. And part of the reason is I'm already expecting the big four, Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith, and Rashad Bateman off the board no matter what. If you can get two to three other guys, especially if they're your slot variety, your Kadarius Tonys, Elijah Moore, Rondale Moore, somebody, those kind of guys off the board before the Chiefs pick, I think that'll go a long way. What you don't want to have happen 
that in my opinion is only four wide receivers go and everybody else just sitting around waiting to take a wide receiver in the second round in a deep class. I think you want those guys off the board because while the Chiefs need them, I think they can go other directions. But do you guys, would you guys agree with that? Yeah, I'd agree with that. I, I mean, I think that the Chiefs would love to have one of those first four guys fall. Like if Devonta Smith or Rashad Bateman fell, like they're going to snatch him up. I think that you might even see maybe a little small trade up to get one of those top four. But after that, I don't want five, six, seven in the first round. I want to go ahead and have this group just really go out and go off the board early. Like, we want to see last year level wide receivers coming off the board. We want to see lots of them come off the board because that means you've got edges, you've got offensive linemen, you maybe even got some cornerbacks. I, I think that cornerback is another position where, I, to go along with wide receiver, if you are missing out on the top four of those guys, you also want those to go off the board too. So I think that those two positions in particular that our Chiefs needs, I could see both of them being key things where if they fly off the board, it's really going to move things in the Chiefs' direction. A perfect scenario means you have to sacrifice a position. Yes. And in some ways means you want to sacrifice a position because a perfect case, perfect scenario, the Chiefs still only have one first-round pick, so there's still one position you're targeting. So, okay, so let's, let's say like the slot guys, like the slot corner types, you maybe are wanting to address on day two. So... Maybe there is a run on, you know, the top four are gone for sure. And maybe an Eric Stokes sneaks in there, but your hope, or maybe a Fitu Melifonwu, the cornerback out of Syracuse would be a great guy to get drafted ahead of the Chiefs, I think. I think that's one of those types. He's a, he's a a he's He's got a physical athletic profile. There's a lot of love for him out there. I think he's a guy that makes a lot of sense as someone that you want going ahead of the Chiefs to help push more players that we like a little bit more, think more, make more sense for this football team where they're sitting right now. Yeah. I, I mean, if a goes before the chiefs are picking here and the chiefs are hoping for an offensive lineman or an edge, that's great. I like a I don't know that I like Ifitu to the chiefs in round one. I mean, he might solve some things on the outside, but I don't think that that's necessarily something that I'm really going to be cool with if he's the guy that you're trying to take off the board there. So yeah, you're hoping that maybe the Packers, for instance, are really interested in adding another corner or something like that. Get that guy in there so that maybe an edge or somebody like that falls a little further. Those types of guys, the fives and the sixes of a lot of positions, not necessarily edge or offensive line, but wide receiver cornerback are the keys. If they go in front of the chiefs, we are entering best case scenario here, which what we're talking about today. Well, and I mean, on top of that, if you could get, I mean, it is Sante Samuel Jr. Or even just moving over to the safety position, Trevon Morig or Richie Grant, just get one of those guys, a plus one of these kind of two corners outside of the top four. If you do Melvin Bonwu, Asante Samuel, just get any combination of two or three of those guys going ahead of the Chiefs. And I think that goes a long way. I did want to jump back to wide receiver real quick though. Would Devontae Smith falling to 31 be part of a best-case scenario yes. because the Chiefs yes. or because the NFL is afraid? Not because the NFL is afraid of the fact that he weighs 166 pounds. I think I think it's a lot more of a possibility right now than I did as a couple weeks ago. I really thought that he would at least be able to touch 
175, 180 on a scale. And I don't know if it makes a huge difference, but I do think there are going to be some teams in the NFL that care. Like, I don't think that's entirely out of the question now. Let's earmark Devontae Smith as part of the conversation of best case scenario. Because, like, I think best case scenario, we still want to be relatively realistic. And I think there's a non-zero chance now, but I don't want to say definitively, like, that's where we're going to put it. But I do think let's – I'm earmarking. I'm writing it down because we're flying off the cuff. I'm writing it down. I'm earmarking a Devontae Smith as part of the ideal scenario. Please get Kadarius Tony off the board. Oh, man. If Kadarius Tony goes before Devonta Smith, a bunch of NFL GMs are stupid. And, I mean, I've been saying it. He's got a lot of buzz. He's got a lot well, of buzz he, lately. I, I have a thought here, boys, and I've been thinking about this, and I think it's going to happen. I really do think this is going to happen. I think the Senior Bowl is going to bump some guys up. I really do think that because the Senior Bowl, sure. because all these guys got looks in the Senior Bowl, there's more data points on these guys. They're more known commodities, especially some of these opt-outs. I think guys like Kadarius Tony are going to go in the first round. And here's here's another interesting thing. Here's I'm gonna I'm gonna play this angle. The perfect scenario for the Kansas City Chiefs might involve some of these opt-outs falling mm-hmm. because like the the valuation of the opt-outs is just so out of whack and people are a little scared of some of these opt-outs perhaps that could be something that could be i, I think ooh, it could be tough because you, it, it can go both ways but maybe a couple players that are in the teens we think that our opt-outs fall out and, and are and they're in the back end of the first round because of these, some of these known commodities wind up in the draft. In the sure, first round. sure. And conversely, you may have a team that falls in love with the 2019 tape and maybe takes a risk. We've heard some late buzz about Gregory Rousseau, and I think people will fall in love with the body type a little bit. That's another guy that if you are a, a Chiefs fan, I think that Spagnolo would like the length and the strength of a Gregory Russo, but if he goes in the 20s, you're probably happy because I don't think he's going before Jason Oa goes. We've heard some buzz that Jason Oa is not always on the round one table for some of these, you know, some of these teams, especially in the back half there. So if Jason Oa is falling and Greg Gregory Rousseau is getting this buzz, that's another guy, high upside guy that the Chiefs can bring along quickly with this good coaching staff, this Brendan Daly, Steve Spagnolo, be able to maximize a player like that versus some other of these teams that are trying to get a guy that's maybe had some more success. You look at the 2019 tape and you say, wow, he really made an impact. That's what Gregory Rousseau did. And so... That's another player that at a position of need for the Chiefs that maybe you're hoping goes before some of these other guys that would be a little bit better fits for Kansas City. Speaking of Rousseau, let's let's play a quick little game here. We're going to go around. I'm going to say the names of some guys that I think would be good for the Chiefs to be off the board before they pick. And you guys give me your confidence level that they will go before pick 31 on a scale of 1 to 15. Liam Eichenberg. I'm gonna... 17.38%. He's gone. No, I oh, think no, I... you're going percent now. So you just you completely ignored the one to fifteen scale and went with a percent. Oh yeah. I didn't hear that part. Yeah. I don't I actually don't listen when you talk. <laughs> this is what happens it... when we don't have the script. I'm gonna say a two. 
I don't I don't think Leon, Liam Eikenberg is going to be off the board before. I don't. Yeah, yeah. Give me uh one point seven three eight. <laughs> okay. I just there was some late buzz that he might be one of the guys in the sure. mix in the teens at offensive tackles. That's why I wanted to bring him up. Uh, a single running back, one running back off the board. Yes. I'm gonna. I am one to fifteen, Kent. Uh, I I I'm gonna go with like eleven and a half. I'm pretty confident. I feel pretty good about that happening, especially some teams with these extra first round picks. The Miami Dolphins. Boy, that that screams a team that could make that luxury pick, especially since they've accumulated more draft capital recently. I could see them doing that and, and grabbing a guy to help, you know, build around Tua. Man, this just feels like a, a running back class that has a few guys all near the top, but nobody that's necessarily a standout, you know, top can't miss guy. And so I don't I don't think that there's going to be a round one running back. So I'm I'm gonna say a four out of fifteen. Christian Barmore. Ooh, see I think mm. Need will push him into the first round. Mm-hmm. I think so too. So I'm gonna go with a, I'm gonna go with a, another twelve. Yeah, I, I I think I'll match Kent on that. It, there, no defensive tackle should go in the first round of this draft, and so somebody's gonna gamble on one, and Barmore's probably the guy. Okay, let's talk Senior Bowl again because Levi owns Ariki. Mm-hmm. What if he? I mean, I don't know how realistic this is, but two defensive linemen could go in the first round. Levi owns Ariki was one of the better players for a short stretch. Mm-hmm. At the Senior Bowl, Christian Barmore reportedly has some love. Those are two spots. Those are two players that could fit a team. It just takes one. I don't. I mean, I wouldn't say the chances of both of them. I mean, it, like Matt, if you were if we were playing this game and the chances of Onzariki and Barmore being off the board, I'd probably give it a two. Uh, I'd give it a zero point five for both. I like Onzariki better, but um. I don't think the NFL does. I don't think that he's a kind of profile that the NFL is going to fall in love with in the first round. I don't think the the production when he did play before opting out in 2019 was good, not great. Now, part of it's because he's playing out of position, but he's a little bit lighter. You know, he's explosive, but not elite level explosive. He's not a super elite athlete for a three tech. He's just a really good athlete. I don't. I would be really surprised if just he alone went in the first round. I would have him below a three. So by himself, I think Levi Onzarike could be one of those guys that we don't think should go in the first round. That the NFL might be a little bit higher on than us, and here's why I say that: he played one day at the Senior Bowl, yeah, and dipped, just like Javon Kinlaw the year before, yeah. I've heard mixed results, though. I've heard a lot of people say they didn't think he had a good performance and then quit. I don't agree with that, but I've heard people say that. People that I respect their opinion on what they do. Not saying they're right, just people whose opinion I do think put people that put in the work. I've heard them say that he essentially quit on it after opting out after having a rough day. Specifically citing versus the run in team periods. Well... That would I just so this that is would take I'm comparing him <laughs> I'm comparing him to Ross Blacklock of last year. There was a ton of hype about him going early than he did. Well, I like that. There's just there's no hype about Levi going in round one right now. I just feel like if if he was a guy teams were talking to people about, the word would be getting out right now because he's a fun player. That's just where I'm at with him. Can I can I present a one to fifteen? Uh, scenario sure. here, Maddie, or is this all you? Are you monopolizing? Oh this? no, you're, you're good. You're good. I only had one more, so you're good. Is it Zayvon Collins? It was going to be a third linebacker. Ooh, okay. My, so, 
Micah Parsons. I'm a counting jock. I'm a counting jock as a okay. linebacker. So we should Micah probably Parsons call him Jeremiah Uwusu Koromoa still. <laughs> I'm calling him Jock. Out of Notre Dame. The linebacker, safety, whatever you want to call him out of Notre Dame. We do, we do kind of we shorthand him, him all the time. So if people were like missing a couple episodes, they might. Yeah, yeah. I know. I've, I've been kind of like, oh, should we? I'm, I'm just, you know. Yeah. So you're in, you're including him. Yeah, I, th- I think three go. And I think it is Zavin. And I think him bulking up is under the directive of a team or several teams. And I think that team or several teams is probably near the end of round one. I, I, I do think. Maybe at pick 31. Uh, it might be pick Maybe 31. Maybe at pick 31. Oh, Shut your for mouth. For those, I have been asked about this. Zayvon Collins would be a perfect three for three fit of a Steve Spagnuolo. Yeah. I, I just wish he was a little more physical. But if you wanted to tell me that Steve Spagnuolo fell in love with the fact that they that he can play him at edge and know that he can get a little salty with some of his blitz schemes, knowing that he can drop that edge into coverage and he he's a really good coverage player in his zone drops, I I, I can get it. Like I can understand it, and you hope that you can train him to play more physical. But yeah, no, I I do think that that three linebackers are going to go off the board, which is another thing that helps the Chiefs as well. I, I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised if a fourth went off the board. So I, I'm going to say that there's going to be a 13 out of 15 chance that three linebackers go off the board. Can I throw it to what's the chances that a fourth, a Jabril Cox, Jameen Davis, one of those guys goes off the board at the very end of round one as the fourth linebacker. Where's Nick Bolton? Nick Bolton is going to be the fifth or sixth linebacker off the board. How about that? Probably. Probably. I think the coverage players, I think think Jamin Davis and Jabril Cox both go before Nick Bolton. I agree. And I think Jameen Davis is the only other guy competing to be in round one. I like Jabril Cox for what he is, which is a pure coverage linebacker. Like this is a slot linebacker. Um, Jameen Davis, I do think has a little, has shown more ability to play in the box. He's shown more ability to be a complete linebacker to me. So I would fully understand if somebody fell in love with the athleticism, the size profile and thought he was worth a top 32 pick. I don't even think you can rule out Baron Browning, to be honest with that level of athleticism. There might be a team out there that falls in love with that size speed explosion combination. So getting four linebackers in the top 32 especially if we're counting Jock and Zayvon Collins, who neither should play linebacker at the NFL level. Yeah, I mean, I think we're counting those. I think it's very possible, but I'm going to split the middle. Seven and a half, because it's just a lot of linebackers for today's NFL. Yeah, it was. Okay, so so in 2020's draft, there were four linebackers in the first round. Jordan Brooks, Patrick Queen, Kenneth Murray, and Isaiah Simmons. Now, three of those guys went right at the very end of the first round, but... I mean, is Jameen Davis, you know, better than Jordan Brooks? Is he a better prospect than Jordan Brooks? Better coverage player. Yeah. I mean, I, I could see it. You know, uh, I can I could see that fourth one slipping in there. Again, Jordan Brooks was a surprise. So it, it it's hard to really project that one, but I I could see it. Okay. Um, while we're hanging out here, while we're hanging out at linebackers, I mean, let's just throw mm-hmm. this out here. Give me the odds that Micah Parsons is hated by the NFL because of his background and starts to have a free fall through round one. Oh man! Define, is is it a free fall to thirty one, or is it a free f- fall to thirty one? 
I what are the odds that he Reuben Fosters himself? I mean, Reuben Foster went what? Didn't they 49ers trade back up at the end of the first round? I don't remember where exactly it went, but they traded back up in the first round, if I'm not mistaken, to draft Reuben Foster no. because he had the combine incident. Here's the thing. And though, all that. Reuben Foster went at pick 31. He did. Okay. However, comparing him to Reuben Foster does not make me want to grab him. If he falls to 31... If Micah Parsons falls to 31, then why would the I would have zero interest in him? I almost Ooh, think uh, about this. Think I mean look at Ruben Foster's career arc. The NFL was right about letting him fall. So why are we if if Micah Parsons is at there at 31, are we sure we want to do that? I don't know if that's the perfect scenario for the Chiefs. I'm sorry. I know he's a oh, lead talent. I, I don't know that it's a perfect scenario regarded. either. But I I could see it happening. Do you think Do you think Micah Parsons tanking himself all the way to thirty one is a perfect scenario, or is that a talent collection here? Man, Randy Moss tanked himself to pick twenty one. So like, I don't know. There are count- it's not thirty one. I know, but there are countless examples of guys with character issues falling for various reasons, and I'm. I don't disagree with you, Kent. If he's at 31, that's a lot of teams that need linebacker and pass rush help that passed on Micah Parsons. And I think that that begs, uh, it just is a lot of questions. A whole lot of questions about it. I, I, I don't know. You keep putting a lot of faith in your staff that they have done their background stuff, their homework, and it's essentially how much do you trust your team's ability to control him and to dig into the past. And if you're looking at the Kansas City Chiefs right now and they gave him the okay, it's a very, I mean, let's be honest about it. It's a very checkered team in terms of backgrounds. But I mean, this is what do you feel like? I mean, how do you feel if the Chiefs come out and say, nope, we looked into it, we think he's good? Like, is this not a place that would be perfect for a guy with a sketchy background? I mean, it's a team that has a proven track record of having these guys come in here and play well for them for long periods of time. It's true. I I will not disagree with that. I think 25 teams passing on one of the most talented players in the National Football League is terrifying. I don't it's, disagree. It's I mean it's extremely it's look, Micah Parsons that late's a boomer bust. It is. Point blank because 25 teams passing on that talent of a player there, that's uh, absurd. Okay, I'm just I I'm terrified. Let, let, I'm terrified of Micah Parsons. He's not perfect scenario for me. Yeah, let's put it this way. Um, you are confident in Frank Clark, and Tyron Matthew, and Anthony Hitchens, Chris Jones, that locker room keeping him in check. Year one, he's going to be in a room with Hitchens, and I think we feel pretty confident that Hitchens is going to do everything he can to make sure that. Everything's good. But if you're drafting Micah Parsons there, you're planning on moving on from Anthony Hitchens quicker than, you know, a couple of years from now. Are you confident with Willie Gay Jr., who had some character concerns, and Micah Parsons, who has character concerns, running your linebacker room? I mean, that that's up to the Chiefs to decide. We don't know that. Like, no. we, we, we have no idea what kind of behaviors or anything the things that caused any of that we don't know 
The, the Chiefs might. My concern would be much less with how they're going to run the line. He would run the linebacker room or how he's going to progress going forward. My concern would be going to Kent's point. If he's at pick 31 and 30 teams had passed on him at this point in time, I would be worried that something in his past is coming to bite him coming up. It would be less about what's coming in the future and what's already happened. Because I don't think well, 30... It's a stretch for me to think 30 teams are going to pass on him because what he might become in their locker room going forward. Well, that's also an outside looking in statement too there though, because maybe it's not something popping up here soon. It's, it's, you know, how he's handled himself throughout the process, who's vouching for him, who's not. It may, it still could. I, I still think 31 teams, if they're, if, if, if there's negative recruit reviews across, Bucky Brooks wouldn't say anything um, completely nice about him in public. So I think there's enough indicators there that could scare. I mean, the dude's the dude's a top ten talent, but I'm if that many teams are passing on him, it doesn't necessarily mean it's something popping. I mean, it could be. You're right, Maddie. It could just be that. But also, like, I don't know, man. I I would be I'd be terrified. There's the Bills, the Packers, the Ravens, the Steelers, the Titans, the Colts. A lot of well-run organizations are passing on this guy. I don't know all of them need that guy necessarily. I'm just saying there's a lot of good organizations and a lot of good locker rooms that just passed on him. In before, I'm terrified. In before that. he goes top 10. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, okay, be, well, the yeah, NFL said right. he was fine. Yeah, well, that, yeah. I'm just saying. It, I don't think he's going to be available. I, don't I, mean, I simply don't think he will be available. But if he was, if he did fall there, he would certainly be one of the first players in my best case scenario situation. All right, we're going to take... And if the Chiefs don't get him, it's fine. I, it's up to the team. I have no ability to talk to him or look into his background. It's like, right. I'm not... I can't pretend to know from that aspect. I think the scenario of him falling means that there's a lot more context that we on the outside don't have. We're going to take a break, and we are going to try to build a mock draft. Perfect scenario right after this. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity... But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G Podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. 
questions including what are we missing when we work remotely or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking. From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the future of work, a PropG Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropG Pod wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we talked about some of the things that we want to see happen in a perfect case scenario, best case scenario for the Kansas City Chiefs uh, in their draft. Let's just here's what I want to do real quick before we actually mock this thing out. I'm gonna let's go out and let's list out the positions and kind of just see if we have 31 or close to 31 uh, or 30 players kind of going ahead of the Chiefs. Five quarterbacks. Uh, very obviously, I think the best case scenario and a realistic scenario is one running back is off the board. Agreed. Okay. We said six wide receivers, right? So we're talking about a couple wide receivers and we're hoping it's more slot type players. We're hoping for, uh, you said maybe an Elijah Moore is actually getting legit first round buzz. I mean, it could be a Terrace Marshall as well. Like it doesn't have to be slot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we could say, so is the perfect so i mean is 7 let's stick to 6 for now and we can come back and see if we're not at 31 okay. wide receiver can be the next one we add tight end one realistic i don't think two are coming in i don't in. think so I, I don't all right i'm going to skip offensive tackle for a second interior offensive line best case scenario creed humphrey's off yes. the board and that seems legitimate it does like people there's a lot of creed love lately I mean, are we counting Elijah Vera Tucker as an interior offensive lineman? I yes. think we should. All right. All right. So should we? Are we sacrificing Landon Dickerson? Um, or is that even realistic? Do we think that's realistic? I think I don't think you would get Creed and Landon Dickerson. Correct. Like it, to be realistic, I don't think you'll get both. I think best case scenario, the Steelers are looking to replace their center because he's just Pouncey just retired. They take whoever they have the highest. So Creed, we'll call it Creed. Elijah Vera Tucker, we're counting. Are we counting Alex Leatherwood? Do we think Alex Leatherwood winds up in the first round? I don't right now. No. Okay. So are we calling it two interior offensive linemen? Yeah. For let's now? do that. Yes. Okay. I'm going to skip edge for a second, conveniently. Defensive lineman, realistically, let's call it one. Yeah. Linebackers, realistically, let's call it three, and Zaven Collins is gone. Yeah. Fair? Fair. Safety, Trevon Morig, that's it. Yes, Safe. let's do it. All right, cornerback, five. We're calling it five cornerbacks, and we're sacrificing, or we're calling Fe2 Melifon. Okay. Uh, the fifth corner that's going off outside of the typical four that typically that, that wind up going and by the way i don't we should probably just say the four um jc horn patrick sertan caleb farley goes out of virginia tech greg newsom goes out of northwestern and we'll call it a fee to melifon move we'll say five cornerbacks i, I think it's either a fee two or a stokes but yeah i'm fine with calling Same. it a fee two all right, let me let me do some quick math, and while I do that, Craig, you should tell a joke. Okay, well, twenty-five. There were once upon a time there was two horses, and they were twins. And, oh no, not that oh, one. Twenty-five. Okay. So we're sitting at twenty-five right now. And we've we, set ourselves awfully good here. We have set ourselves awfully good because Rayshon Slater is Christian. Rayshon Slater, Christian Derisaw, and Panay Sewell are all gone. Yes. That puts you at 28. I would still motion that Tevin Jenkins goes before Christian Darisaw. All right. I 
I'm sticking to the guns that I think he it will be more liked in the NFL than Darisaw. Okay. All right. So we're gonna you wanna call it four tackles? Let's call it four tackles. That's twenty nine. <laughs> Rest in peace, Tevin. That's twenty nine, but I don't think this is wildly unrealistic. I don't think so either. No. I mean, I think that I think somebody will take a shot on edge, but we're doing best case scenario. Best case scenario is everybody looks at this edge class and is intrigued, but says, "Hey, don't like Jalen Phillips because there's a potential medical mm-hmm. issue. Don't love Quiddy Pay's production. Don't love you know the fact that he's not super long. Really don't love Jason Owa's you know uh, production. production his final season. Gregory Rousseau, we don't know what to do with him. Joe Tryon opted out. He's still raw. Like." Aziz Ojolari small. I think there's a there's a question about every single Absolutely. edge prospect here. Okay, so let's say, and this honestly, I think it's good if we have more than thirty. Mm-hmm. If that if that makes sense, obviously there's not thirty picks, but I think if we can come up with a scenario and all these scenarios where maybe I mean, if we think there's you know even five tackles, I call it five tackles. I mean, well, five tackles, I think. It's done. It's over. I think I think some of the good scenarios, like Jalen Mayfield going off the board would be very helpful, I think, because I don't know if the Chiefs are going to be in on Jalen Mayfield. Eichenberg going off the board would be good. Um. Anyways, all right, so edge. Let's talk about the edge. So how many edges we think realistically coming off the board? Do we think Jason Phil- or Jalen Phillips is gone? I mean, you, you can make an argument for all of these guys to still be on the board, but I think you've got fairly comfortably two to three edges are probably off the board before 30. I will say... I think Quiddy Pay is the most likely to... I, think so I would too. feel the best about placing a bet on Pay being off the yes. board. Okay, I think the best case scenario for the Chiefs involves Quiddy Pay being gone, and... That's 30. I know. We can go beyond 30, and here's why. I'll explain in a second. I think you can figure it out. But Aziz Ojolari, that one is a big one for the Chiefs, I think, getting off the board. I think so I don't too. want him. I don't want a luxury rush. Sam, whatever you want to call him, he's a situational pass rusher. I don't – I don't. whatever. I want Aziz Ojolari going off the boards massive for the Chiefs, I think. I think so, too. Personally. I think so, too. I think he's going to be too light for the Chiefs to realistically be all that interested in him as a down lineman for them. So I don't think and that the testing was not particularly great. I just don't think that they're going to feel that he's such a tantalizing prospect that they need to go out and get him, even though he's a really good football player. There are reports that one team has Aziz Ojolari as their edge one. I believe that. I believe it too. It would make a lot of sense because if you're going to put these, if you're going to transfer one of these guys to a stand up three, four outside linebacker as a pass rusher, whether that's for Tennessee, Pittsburgh, the Baltimore Ravens, I think he definitely makes sense to be your first edge rusher. Okay. So let's sacrifice one of Jalen Phillips and Jason Owa. I think Jason Owa has the better chance of being available. I think so too. I think that lack of production is going to scare teams, even though the hurries were still there. I think the lack of production is going to scare teams. And Jalen Phillips has apparently interviewed ridiculously well, you know, really yeah. taken every all these questions pretty head on. I think we've heard from a lot of, you know, anonymous scouts and stuff like that, that Jalen Phillips is doing really, really well in this process. So I bet he's probably going to be gone. All right. So I believe we have 32 players that we have identified. And here's why this is a good thing, because we have come up with a perfect case scenario, um, and we don't need everything to fall on draft day for this scenario that we've just presented to be realistic. 
it's kind of like how we say knock the top five off the top off the mock draft. We've more or less done that. We've talked. We've knocked. I think the top three with a realistic scenario. So every single one of these things does not have to happen for the scenario that we're about to present to you. All these things don't have to happen. They, we there's a there's margin for we've created margin for error and we've still got a really decent board for ourselves. So let's discuss the players that are, are there. At edge, we have Jason Owa. Um, I think that's a very obvious candidate. I'm going to throw Joe Tryon in there. I know he may not be the sexiest pick for some people. And I, I'm throwing Joe Tryon on the list that we're considering at least. Uh, um, let's look at tackle. So the tackle position you're looking at... You're still probably <laughs> you're probably looking at Sam Cosme. You're looking at all the same guys that we've been debating this entire time. Yeah, Sam Cosme. I don't think for any of us we're going to make the case that Liam Eikenberg is a best case scenario. I don't think any of us are going to really stand here and say Dylan Redunes or Alex Leatherwood are part of our best case scenario. Okay, so kind of feels like best way to get value in this scenario. And I think realistically is probably like a Jason Owa or a Joe Tryon is really what it looks like to me, unless you guys want to present a different scenario. I don't think why I don't think Diami Brown's the, the best value here. I think Jason Owa is probably, or Joe, Joe Tryon are probably the guys that we're, we're looking at here. Maddie, do you have another, do you have another player that's best case scenario for this football team here? I, mean, I don't think so. The way we worked up this scenario, which, like we said, is very realistic and would be pretty good for the Chiefs. I think this is, you know, as about as good as it can get. Like the only, the only scenario I see that you, I think I can make an argument for better that I think is realistic is either Caleb Farley or Greg Newsom still being available. We went a few picks over pick thirty, so like if one of those two guys, one of the last ones off the board. That would be the only contender, I think, to pull me off of Jason Owa. Well, I'm willing to have this conversation here. Do we? Because we've went down the list here. We've given ourselves some buffer. Jason Owa, Joe Tryon, two players that very easily could wind up going before the Chiefs. Do we want to say the best case scenario for the Chiefs is Caleb Farley or Greg Newsom being available at 31? Would you, would you like that situation better than an Oa or a Tryon or a Sam Cosby. Man. What's I guess you're talking about, here, I'm going to give you five players. Okay. We're going to vote here. Okay. We're going to do this. There's three of us here, right? I'm going to say, and we're probably all going to tie. We're all going to have different players. Um, I'm going to give you five names. I'm going to give you Oa. I'm going to give you Tryon. Cosme. Farley. And Greg Newsom. Man. I think, Honestly, of that group, I think Greg Newsom is probably the surest, safest pick of all of them. I, I, think, I agree. I think there's a lot of questions. I think Farley and Oa have the highest ceilings. Cosme's up there too. But I think Greg Newsom is probably walking in day one. You're keeping Legereus Need as your slot cornerback. You've got Newsom and you've got Traverius Ward on the outside. You got some young players in the house as well. Like all of a sudden, your secondary becomes pr pretty damn good. Like it, it really does. That that that's a strength on this team, and I think that that would help them out. I 
if Brett Veach is looking in tiers or pockets and all those guys are in his tier, I think that Greg Newsom might be the top guy of that group. If we were looking at this pocket, guys, I'm trading back. <laughs> oh, I'm yeah, moving back fair. six or seven spots and take it and risking that one of these guys would be left because I, I feel okay that two other players would go before one of them. If I had to make a pick here, because we say you gotta always, you can't just trade back. Somebody has to be willing to come up. So if I'm sitting here, we've talked a lot this offseason about Jason Noah's potential, how I do think he fits a lot of what Steve Spagnuolo looks for in terms of you really just need to bulk him up a little bit and he hits all your thresholds. He has the height, he has the length. He made a ton of strides as a run defender. Like I think his best, I think he's looking to keep getting better at playing football for the next few years and he's already pretty good. I don't think Joe Tryon's that far behind. We talk a lot about Noah's upside. I don't think Tryon's upside's that far behind. He's not quite as explosive. He's not as fast, but I think he's significantly more powerful. He can run through a tackle. He has some power to his rush plan, and Jason Owen does not. He certainly does not. So like, I think those guys are neck and neck. It all just depends on, are you taking the speed rushing potential of Oa versus the slightly more well-rounded skill set of Tryon, but both guys need work. But if I'm sitting there looking at Caleb Farley and he passes my medicals, 30 other teams said he didn't pass their medicals, but we say he did. We say his back is okay. It would be really hard for me to turn him down. Okay. I'm going to, I think the perfect case scenario actually might be a trade back. And I think it's not unrealistic to say the perfect scenario involves a trade back. Do you think, is that the, is the ideal scenario here a trade back, Maddie? Is that it? Okay, to keep it realistic, how far do you want to trade back? I want to trade back. I want to trade back six spots, seven spots. Are We've you got... okay with Sam Cosme and losing out on the other four? Because I think that now loses a best case scenario. Because I don't think any of us are putting any votes into Sam Cosme as the best case scenario, even in a trade back. I... If you can, if we can say best case scenario, we get one of the other guys then yes, I think trade back. But I would be I would be a little concerned that Sam Cosme for the perfect plan was your first pick. I think Jason Owa is there at 37. Let's do it. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna call it a trade back to that 37, 38 Man. spot. And what you're gonna acquire, we're gonna say Cincinnati moved up. Yeah, we're going to call it Cincinnati called. They wanted to move back to – can we call it 38? Is that okay? Sure. Is 38 fair? Sure. Sure. They wanted to go get Sam Cosme to help protect uh, Joe Burrow after they took Jamar Chase. Ooh, that's actually, they took, there you go. That's a good uh, – that, there's a feasible plan for them too, yeah. Okay. So they went and grabbed Cosme. The Chiefs trade back. They acquire pick 38. They acquire pick 111. Mm. And we're going to make pick 111 here too, boys. <sighs> We're gonna make the we're gonna make it through the fourth round. We're make our picks through the fourth round. Beautiful. So, the Chiefs trade back to pick thirty eight with the thirty eighth pick in the twenty twenty one NFL Draft. Kansas City Chiefs select Jason Owa, the edge out of Penn State. All right, great. Now let's just kind of maybe throw some scenarios out there for best case scenario we're not going to go running up and down the list but let's go best case scenario for round two round three and round four someone talked me out of walker little being the best case scenario I'd, I'd, stone a- forsyth would be the only other name that i'd throw out there as a best case scenario and i think at that point you, you 
if that point, if you were willing to trade back, I, I think that means that you've got some semblance of a plan at left tackle. Whether or not we agree with that plan, I think they've got some semblance of a plan. So either one of those guys is going to be fantastic project left tackles that could step in quickly if needed to. So I'm fine flipping a coin between either of those guys. I think I prefer Stone, but I, I would be completely cool with Walker Little. So which one do we think is more realistically there? Do we think Stone's more realistically there, or do we think Walker Little's more realistically there? I think both have a shot. I would say Walker Little is more likely to be gone than Stone Forsythe because he has a better pedigree, but I also don't think by any stretch of the imagination you're going too much. You're not straying too far from 50-50 of him being available. I'm going to go Stone. I think we should go Stone Forsythe. I think Stone Forsythe is a more reasonable player there at 63 i think walker little because of the pedigree is going to go earlier i wouldn't be i would not be stunned if the chiefs went walker little at 31 i think they i think they have more intel than us i think he could i think he could be the pick at 31 i think this is fine i mean i'm absolutely okay with going stone foresight there all right let's talk about 94 then i think a receiver Mm -hmm. makes a lot of sense here or one of the slot corners. I think there could be. I think slot corners could be a, a marketing inefficiency. I I'm I'm actually targeting that slot corner in round four. I I think that that's okay. going to be. I think that's going to be the sweet spot. So I got some names there. If you want okay. to go like a Nico Collins in round three here, try and get a guy or Josh Palmer maybe in round three. Somebody who come in and play pretty. We do quickly. Josh Palmer all the time. We, we do, do Josh, Josh Palmer, Palmer all, all the time. time. We could do Nico. It's Collins. my. It's my fault. We don't really talk about Nico Collins all that much, do we? But is Nico Collins part of the best case scenario no. for the Chiefs? <laughs> I don't think there's a receiver that falls into the best case. Like I was looking through when we when you come off the board hot like we did at wide receiver, I don't think you're giving yourself an option to have a wide receiver as a best case. Your best case is taking shots on day three, in my opinion. I think I mean, that's fair. I think that is a fair statement. So. What does what does round three look like for this football team then? Is it David Moore? Is it Quinn Miners? Is it somebody like that that fell a little bit at the interior offensive David line? Moore seems realistic. I would say David Moore seems kind of realistic that he could possibly be there. I know you said you wanted to wait till round four, but what if you're sitting there and you're staring at a Javon Holland to play Ooh. as your safety and slot? Man, court? see if Javon Holland's there in round three, I I think I'd pretty I think I'd take him. I'd consider him at is that 63. wildly unrealistic? Like I don't I don't know where the NFL is. On I don't him. either. I don't either. I don't. And he did he did test well enough that I think he's helped himself in his draft stock as far as checking okay. some boxes. Jabril Cox. Jabril's there. I'm taking him. I see. I I was gonna throw out Derek Barnes. I know we talk about him a lot too, but an, I think Derek Barnes is more of an ideal day day three. I think he's around four ideal. Yeah, but if Jabril is there, if the linebackers just kind of fall by the wayside again, there was only one linebacker taken in round two last year. They went four in round one, but only Willie Gay Jr. to the Chiefs was that was the only guy in round two so it's feasible that the linebacker dries up quick and falls. i think i think interior offensive linemen might be the place where there's value um and unless yeah i think i think i think interior lines where there's value so josh myers which who's the who's the most likely to be there 
at 94. Josh Myers, Quinn Miners, David Moore. Probably David Moore. Probably. Is jo- how far how far away is Josh Myers, though? I don't think he's that far away. I think he's probably an early round three to mid round three guy. So I think in a best a small case, fall. in a best case scenario, Josh Myers falls. And I think he would make some sense for the Chiefs. I am torn here because best case scenario is David Moore to me. I think I would rather have David Moore than Josh Myers. I think he will be a better player going forward. It's tight, but I do like him more. That said, I could easily, I can't see somebody falling in love with Josh Myers and taking him early. I can see somebody falling in love with David Moore and taking him early. So I do think, I think Josh Myers is the most likely of that group to be available that late. Josh Myers is going to be able to call protections and stuff like that from the interior. He, David Moore, not a guy that's played a lot of center. Oh, wait, hold up. Kendrick Green. Are we certain that Kendrick Green is not a better fit for the Chiefs at center than even Josh Myers? I'm not. I, I'm not either. A little more athletic. He's played center. He's played guard. I mean, you have a little bit of familiarity with a teammate of his from Nick Allegretti. They played with each other for a year or two, I think, just a single year. Give people an elevator speech real quick. Kendra Green, a little bit undersized, not wildly. He's a little bit on the smaller side for a center, especially short, but he's very explosive. He's a super athlete for the center position. He plays mean. He puts guys in the ground a ton. He also can play a little wild, which results in him ending up on the ground occasionally. You will have to rein him in on the move, but there's not a single thing on the football field you are going to ask out of him that he will not physically be able to do. I think stylistically he will fit better next to Joe Tooney and LDT or Kyle Long just based on the athleticism where I think Josh Myers is a little bit stiffer and will struggle to keep up with those guys when it starts to turn to getting into space. With with the 94th pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, Kansas City Chiefs select Kendrick Green. Center. Going center. Calling him a center. Love it. Illinois. That's where we are going with this. All right, running real quick. We have we have three fourth round picks because of the small trade back. Pick one eleven. You're coming back around. Is this Derek Barnes territory? The, yeah, I I I think so. In a best case mock draft. Oh guys, you know what we did? What? We didn't give us Tommy Trimble in the third round, and we're doing a best case scenario mock Listen, draft. I think Tommy Trimble's gone. The, the Trimble the Trimble okay. hive was too strong. The NFL really went after him. There is not a. I mean, there is. It's. It's. There's a. It's a. It's a small class it is of tight ends class. of quality tight ends. If he's tight end two off the board, none of us are shocked, no. even a little bit. All right, you guys just broke my heart, but that's okay. Brevin Jordan might. Brevin Jordan might might be there at ninety four, and I don't know if he's a perfect case scenario anymore. All right, let's all give a one of our perfect round four picks. We got three of them. You said, Craig, you can have the first one. You're first up. You're perfect round four pick oh it's Derek Barnes like you've got a guy that can play Sam immediately he's got good coverage ability he can take over as your future Mike going forward after Anthony Hitchens moves along because he's got the IQ to do it and he proved he is a good athlete plus he's mean as hell and he hits hard like he is an impact hitter I I love him I think that Spags would love him too. I, I don't think he'll be here. But best case scenario, you're able to take him high in round four. All right, Maddie, I'll give you 136. Oh, I want you to go next, actually. All right, I'll I'll go. Fine. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this name out here. If you don't like it, you can throw it right back. 
Oh, wait, I do have to go back to Craig real quick. Derek Barnes or Pete Warner? They're both there. Are you mm. taking Barnes over Pete Warner? I I like Derek Barnes better, and I like his. I think he will be a better Spags Mike than Pete Warner oh, will. Okay, but interesting. I think that Pete Warner in year one would make a bigger impact because he's going to play your dime linebacker as well. I think uh, I'm not going to be mad at either pick. I'm just looking, if I'm looking for the future, I think that Barnes is going to be a little bit better Mike for Spags. We don't need to go into a 15-minute Pete Warner debate again. So <laughs> we we're don't just gonna, need we're gonna that. Call, we're going to call it Barnes and just know that I'm obje- objecting that I think Pete Warner would be Silently, Mike. not so silently, objecting here. I got a couple names here, Maddie. Okay. I'm going to throw out the first one. And if you think it's unrealistic, just tell me to say next. I want to go grab cornerback Benjamin St. Juiced out of Minnesota. Do we think I we have a fourth round grade on him? I'm going to hit you with the next because I do think that he's the best outside corner. I think once you get like he's the best pure press physical outside corner once you get past the feet two and we had him going round one. That's a lot of picks that have to go by if another if any team's looking for a press corner. He is 153 on our board. I I'm get just, it. I know. I know. I get it. <laughs> okay. I am going to throw out Deo Odeyingbo out of Vanderbilt. The edge who is is tailor made to fit in this offense or this defense in Steve Spagnuolo's defense, but has an Achilles injury that will hamstring him at the beginning of his rookie year. Uh he may not be ready for camp. He uh he may not be able to contribute in year one, and now you're a little bit behind the eight ball. That's why I'm selling you at maybe he's there at 136. So you've got Jason Oa that you added, a guy that's going to play immediately. You're adding Deo Odeyingbo. You've got Mike Dana in-house. You've basically given yourself the ability to get out of every veteran contract that you have at edge and try and target a player to rotate with these guys in 2022. Is that what you're looking at? Yes, that's exactly what I meant. <laughs> okay. Just, no, my, I think I think that I mean No, I think that's I mean there's that, that's part of the scenario. I think this is a swing for talent. I think this is a swing for a guy that fits perfectly. Um and you can never have too many of these guys and there's some one-year deals and some decisions to be made pretty quick here. So my only pushback is we've all acknowledged that Jay Snow was a very developmental player. Mm-hmm. What exactly are you getting from him in year one? I, and you know you're getting nothing from Deo in year one. So right. you're going to spend two top 150 picks on defensive end, and you might not get a ton from both of them. I, I would love the pick. I get it. Like I yeah. fully understand the plan. My personal best case scenario, this definitely makes sense. Putting all the pieces together, though, I can see how that would not maybe be best case scenario for a team that has to win. I will not argue this at all, either. Um, if you my, have a third name, get me a third name, and if not, I can be Deo. Let's do that. Is Jacoby Stevens there? In my heart, he is. In my heart, <laughs> he's always in me. <laughs> I I don't see. I'm trying to. I'm trying to. Na- like day three's the hard one. Day three's the hard one to navigate because it's like, is he there? Okay, let's keep Dale on the back burner. We're, we've gone people had a long on this one, so I'm trying to get through here. Quick. Hold on, so I got two names. Okay, go ahead. Real quick, what if Jacoby Stevens is the pick at 111? 
and Derek Barnes is there at 136 because I think that scenario is more likely. No, maybe I don't know, man. Do, you, I think I, Derek, are, do people love Derek Barnes as much as we do? I think so. Okay, all right, never mind. Maddie, yeah, I go. think Barnes go, Maddie. at one. I think Barnes at one eleven would be good value for what I think the NFL is going to like about him. Um, okay, all right. I got two names. We're keeping Deo on the back burner right now. My guy, Simi Fahoko, wide receiver out of Stanford. No, we haven't addressed old. the position. Bye. I think he's just as good as Nico or not. So, no. I mean, we think he's gone? No, I think he's old. No, Kit, Kit thinks he's old. I like Simi. <laughs> I like, he's 23 and a half, you know? He's, yeah. he's not young. No, Simi Fahoko. Right, let me hear the other one. All right. Now, I'm going to need you to sit back and just take this one with a grain of salt and chew on it before you speak. Sean Wade to play safety and in the slot in zone. Sean Wade as a transitional player to going from corner to safety to play near the line of scrimmage, to play physical and in underneath zones. I gave Sean Wade a high fit in the Kansas City draft guide because Steve Spagnuolo would use him in exactly that way. So I couldn't argue it, even though I don't like him round four like him. I do think that once you get to day three, you got to take the guys that you want because everything's kind of a crapshoot then as far as who's going where and when and finding value. So I am fine with day three, Sean Wade. He makes the team better. Are we positive Sean Wade's there at 136? Because Damon Arnett <laughs> just wound up going 19th last year. Yeah, Damon, <laughs> Damon Arnett's tape. The year before yeah, he went was way better than Sean Wade. No, I'm not, I'm not sure. I think that even his biggest of fans have started to come around and say, yeah, he has definitely not done himself any favors. I really, I can't say for certain it'll be there, just like I can't say for certain of any of these guys, but I would be less surprised at day three Sean Wade than I would be at day two Sean Wade. Right. I think Sean Wade going in the top 107 or whatever would blow my mind right now. All right, we're going there at 136. And I guess, fine, Maddie, as long as we can make him go 144, Simi Fahoko out of Stanford can be our receiver. I get oh, why. Oh, sorry, no, we're waiting that long. He's gone. Got to <laughs> take Deo now. It was eight picks. I will not give you the satisfaction of that old. Nah, he's not that old. It's fine. I think I was the one that told you he wasn't actually that old. Yeah, he's, he's, yeah he's he's not so young, but he's, he's not, not Byron so Pringle old as a rookie. A problem. He did himself a favor by leaving two years of eligibility at Stanford to make up for the fact that he spent two years not at Stanford. All right. So real quick, the Chiefs' best scenario is a trade back and grabbing Jason Owa at thirty-eight. Stone Forsyth, the tackle of Florida at 63. Kendrick Green, the center out of Illinois at 94. Derek Barnes, the linebacker out of Purdue at 111. Safety, Sean Wade at Ohio State. Pick 136. And 144, Simi Old Man Fahoko out of Stanford, the wide receiver. That is going to do it for the perfect scenario for the Kansas City Chiefs. Thank you guys so much for listening. Be back. On Monday with the mailbag. Thank you all so much for listening. We'll catch you later. Passed on DK once.
Don't do it again.